welcome to another episode of Library Discoveries. This week we are looking at an unknown or relatively unknown book by Rudyard Kipling called Thy Servant a Dog. I found this book in the Nuffield Place house owned by the National Trust in Oxfordshire in March 2019 and we'll talk a little bit about the book and the story, the book as an object and then about Lord Nuffield and the house itself. So a little shorter than usual, it's a short book Uh, It's clearly a book that was aimed in 1930 when it was written at children, although it's by no means a children's book. I think anybody would enjoy this book. Let's take a look at it. Hopefully you can hear me rustling it around on the table here. I like to read directly from the book rather than from copies or from scripts. Just by reading the book for a couple of pages, you'll get a much better sense of it than if I spend 10 minutes telling you about it. So the book is told by Boots the Dog to Rudyard Kipling, who transcribed it. For him, thy servant a dog. Please may I come in. I am Boots. I am son of Kilden and Brogue, champion reserve, VHC. Very fine dog and no dash parlour tricks, master says, except I can sit up and put paws over nose. It is called making beseech. Look, I do it out of own head, not for telling. This is flat in town. I live here with own God. I tell. Number one. There is walk in park on lead. There is off lead when we come to the grass. There is another dog like me off lead. I say name, he says slippers. He says name, I say boots. He says I am fine dog. I have own God called miss. I say I am very fine dog. I have own God called master. There is walk around on toes. There is scrap, there is proper whacking. Master says sorry, awfully sorry, all my fault. Slippers is miss says sorry, my fault too. Master says so glad it is both our faults. Nice little dog slippers. Slippers, miss, says, Do you really think so? Then I may beseech. Slippers' miss says, Darling little dog boots. There is on lead again, and walking with slippers behind both own gods long times. Slippers is not half bad dog. Very like me. Make fine pair, master says. There is more walkings in park. There is slippers and his miss in that place too. Own gods walk together like on lead. We walk behind. We are tired, we yawn. Own gods do not look. Own gods do not hear. They have put white bows on our collars we do not like. We have pulled off. They are bad to eat. Number two. Now we live at place in country next to park and plenty good smells. We are all here. Please look, I can't pause. There is me and own god master. There is slippers and slippers is own god missus. That is all my pause. There is Adar, there is Cookie, there is James with kennel that moves, there is Harry with spade, that is all Slippers' paws. I cannot count more, but there is maids and odd man and posty and telegrams and please and butcher and people, and there is kitchen cat which runs up wall, bad, bad, bad. At morning time, Adar unties and brushes. There is going quick upstairs past Cookie and asking gods to come to Brecker. There is lie down under the table at each end, and heads on feats of gods. Sometimes there is things gived on the table, but must never beg. After brecker, there is hunting kitchen cat all over garden to wall. She climbs. We sit under and sing. There is waiting for gods going walks. If it is nothing on their tops, it is only round the garden. And get off the flower beds, you two. If it is wet, it is hearth rugs by fire. Or who said you could sit on chairs, little man? It is always being with own gods, own master and own missus. We are most fine dogs. There is tall, far-off dog 
which comes through laurels and looks. We have found him by own dustbin. We said, come back and play, but he went it off. His legs are all bendy and wavy ears, but bigger than me. So that's just the first couple of pages there from Kipling. On the back of the dust cover is a list of Kipling works where Jungle Book and Kim are buried in the middle somewhere. But the key titles here are illustrated um, and available in two editions, a uniform edition in a crown octavo and a pocket foolscap octavo in cloth. That's just six shillings. And the leather version of the pocket edition is, is seven shillings and sixpence. And these are net prices. So 1930, we had the netbook agreement. We had uh, non-decimal currency. And this is a Macmillan book. And it says proudly that over three and a quarter millions have been sold of these Macmillan editions. Not this book, just in, in total. I think Kipling has got the dog, the terrier, right down here. I think the character shines through. And if you think that's a little bit overbearing or challenging, a bit too intense at the beginning, it, you might like to know that this is the dog as a puppy, as a young dog. And as he gets older, the style somewhat calms down. But it's still got the, you know, the phrasing is nice. The proper whackings wented. You know, the tenses are all wrong. A dog that is learning to speak, learning to talk. Proper whack wax comes up quite a lot, I'm ashamed to say. But this was 1930s, pre-war, and it gets easier. It's illustrated by G.L. Stamper, S-T-A-M-P-A, -A, onomatopoeia in full flow. And Boots himself is a cairn terrier, perhaps, with very dark grey or even black hair. Um, very straight up ears and very bright eyes. It's a really nice book. I think today's children may find it a little bit challenging, but I think anybody over the age of 15 <laughs> who can read <laughs> would enjoy this book. Farmyard diagrams are fabulous as well. They're all in black and white, but they're still fabulous. So there we go. Um, the book itself, it's from the Nuffield Place Library, more of which later. Uh, this is a first edition. This is the one I'm holding here as a present to me from somebody else. It is not a steal from the library. Uh, you cannot borrow books from the Nuffield Place, and I have not stolen this book or borrowed it. I have bought it. It's a first edition from 1930. It's inscribed to Nelly with love from Billy. So if Nelly and Billy are out there, hello. 16th of, uh, 16th of the 11th, November 1930. Five shillings net book price. It's still got the dust cover, which is completely ruined. It's brown on the spine. It's meant to be cream, I would think. It's all battered. It's ripped. It's torn along the edges. It's been nibbled. It's faded irregularly. Uh, it's a shocker, but at least it's still there. And it has protected the beautifully... Oops, I've just ripped it. Uh, the beautifully bright red cloth hardback that's inside, which is absolutely fabulous. Uh, if you can get a look at that. You can see this book in the Nuffield Place, by the way, any time you like. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. None of the usual acknowledgements and all the epilogues and prefaces and forewords that you get in modern books. It's straight into the story, straight out again. The Macmillan catalogue is on the back cover and there is a, an end paper here with a copy of that. Yes, it's a, it's a fax copy of the um, dust sheet, just in case you lose the dust cover. Some people used to throw them away. Uh, complete morons, but never mind. Uh, there you go. Just like with another book that we saw, the Baden-Powell book, the last line of the book, this is after the end, by the way, it says the end, and then after the end, 
It says printed in Great Britain by R&R Clark Limited, Edinburgh. And it also says that somewhere at the beginning as well. So we have a beautiful hardback made in Britain, written by Kipling, or at least spoken by Boots and recorded by Kipling for the benefit of posterity. Fabulous, fabulous book. And we just have time to talk about Nuffield Place, which is also fascinating. This is all from the National Trust website. I have not written any of this, but I'm just going to pick the best bits out of it. William Morris is not the wallpaper guy. He was born in October 1877 and moved to Oxford with his family aged three. He left school at the age of 14 and became apprenticed in an Oxford bicycle shop. After only one year, he asked for a pay rise. Well, you should have got a pay rise after one year, really. But he was denied a pay rise, so he immediately resigned. Just the sort of thing I would do. And he set up his own bicycle repair company for £4, uh, which back then was obviously a fortune, or a small fortune anyway. And he f- he was said to have boundless nervous energy and a keen business sense. So within just a few years, uh, so he was born in 77, he left school at 14, which is, uh, give or take, uh, 91 or so, uh, give it a year or two. And then within 10 years of his bicycle repair business doing well, he bought a shop. This is unbelievable to modern ears. He bought a shop on the high street and started making motorcycles in his shop. And then a little bit later, he set up a garage on Longwall Street uh, where he started hiring and repairing cars. And then, this is the really impossible bit, uh, he started making cars in the garage using bought-in components, which is absolutely... I wouldn't say it was impossible now, but you basically have to buy a car now and then restore it or something. You you really can't make it yourself in a a garage. Uh, He founded in August 1912 uh, WRM Motors Limited, William Morris Motors Limited, Morris Motors, for the manufacturing of motor vehicles. And uh, the famous one that I remember, which many of you will remember, is the Morris Minor. The Morris Minor began production in 28, but carried on through and became the Mini Minor and so on in the 50s and 60s. Morris, who then was by then Lord Nuffield, made his money and he was earning £2,000 a day by this stage, which sounds like a lot today. It was a lot then, a lot, lot. As an example of how much money that was, he eventually donated £30 million to good causes, which if calculated out to be in today's money, would be £700 million. So close on a billion pounds, you can certainly say a billion dollars. Even I would find it challenging to to give away a a billion dollars. Um... He became an OBE in 1917, so that was only five years after William Morris Motors was set up. Then he became a baronet, baron, viscount, GBE, and now it gets interesting. In 1948, a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. How on earth did that happen? And I think that's the story I'd like to finish on for today, especially for today, because Morris made his money doing something he really liked doing. Some might say he was a little bit too keen on making cars, having seen his house. You know, there was a workshop in his bedroom, I've just remembered, which I find intensely creepy, and I'm sure his wife found it disastrous. He had a workbench and a workshop fully tooled in the bedroom. He turned away from cars. He wasn't motivated by money, and he became a hospital guy. Nuffield Hospitals, Nuffield Trust is named for him. And he either invented or designed a particular type of an iron lung, which was used successfully to treat patients especially ones who were suffering from respiratory ailments, polio, that kind of thing. There are so many parallels to today because you have um, a guy who knows about engineering and how to build things and how to solve practical problems, turning that mind, which perhaps was close to genius, 
to a medical problem of the time. I, I think, but I'm not sure, I can't quite remember whether there was a personal connection to this iron lung and the other medical devices that he worked on. But I'm absolutely certain that Lord Nuffield would be today designing ventilators, making gowns and doing whatever the NHS needed. Um, and the Nuffield Trust, the Nuffield Hospitals continue this to this day as a brand name which talks about, you know, quality and safety and care. He has the history of, of the motor vehicles behind him as well. And I thank Lord Nuffield for buying or being gifted thy servant dog by Rudyard Kipling sometime after 1930. And I have this book on my shelf in my library, not stolen, not from the London Library. It's mine. So thank you for listening to Library Discoveries and we'll see you next Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for listening to Library Discoveries. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider donating to help with our hosting costs. We do not carry any adverts of our own and we rely on donations to continue. To do this and to read more about the books featured in Library Discoveries, please visit our website, librarydiscoveries.uk. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs>